True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. for this um yes michelle can you handle Maybe. this kelly <laughs> <laughs> can you handle <laughs> i don't think, think they, they can, can handle, handle this Woo! <laughs> is that Holy the shit. is that gonna be it <laughs> yeah that's gonna be it <laughs> that's gonna be the whole episode okay bye <laughs> you guys it's the last episode Ooh. ever we Whoa. made a fourth season it happened no not only we made people continuously listen to yeah. us yeah until a fourth season yep it happened Next season, we'll be investigating the people that listen to us and what is wrong with them. <laughs> Let's do that. I like how you made it the whole season because it's going to take some time. <laughs> I mean, there's quite a few of you that consistently listen and we consistently wonder why. I know. I love it, though. I yeah, love it. Thank you. I love your crazy asses. Um... <laughs> We've somehow come up with enough. Uh, we've come up with enough ideas for enough episodes for another season. Barely, but we yep. did it. That's the hardest part at this point, I think. Um, this is the first full season with Kylie in Florida. Is that right? Yes. No. Okay. No, it was last season. Damn it! Oh fuck. Well, are you sure? <laughs> this is- yeah, because our first season. Wait. Oh no, it is because we had the break. You're right. It is because that was still we season had the four. Episode. Yep. Okay. That was still season. F- yeah. So this is the first. Florida Man episode was the beginning of the season. Yeah. I just I Shit, the, that break it? in. I think so. It's that break I'm in the middle. Right it's the break in the middle that's throwing us off. Oh my god! It does. Why has this season been like a fucking? It's forever. Long time. Oh my god. I think. Um. Maybe not. What else? I don't know. Um, no, we, it hasn't. No, because it was in December, wh- right? Florida Man was Florida last. Man season. came out February fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So this is our this okay. is the second full season in Florida. Dear okay. God, that scared me. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> Never would we ever was the first one of this. That's season. right, and it was in December, right? December thirteenth. December twelfth. Huh. No, it definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah, I might have. December twelfth. Oh, because huh. you upload it at midnight. Yeah. 
Okay, but it was the 13th year. It was the 13th. Okay. I'm like, that doesn't Um, What else happened? We're all wifed up. Mm Mm-hmm. We have recorded now half of this season all separately because of quarantine. Crazy. Two of us have... Two of us have new mics. One of us is using a different mic. (laughs) (laughs) Mine took a shit last episode. Um, Wow. Crazy times. Crazy times. It's been a party. It's been something. Um, (laughs) I have ridden the struggle bus this entire season, and I don't know if it shows. Same. This last episode I did was really fun. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a season. It's been, it's been, it's been, it's we been had, one week since you looked at me. We, <laughs> <laughs> we had a bunch of new merch come out this season. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing. Yep, new website. Um, new website, new shop. Um, yeah, super cool Love things. It. Lots of new things. And now new season, new us. Our, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, and now we're on our last episode, mm-hmm. and Kyle is just gonna dazzle us. Yes, and I want to start off with apologizing because I'm gonna really fuck you up. Like, I just like prepare- Eileen fuck us up, or like- I think so. Because, I mean, it was I, that. I know that story. It was that way for me <laughs> as I was doing it. So, and I also want to thank um, Mama Mona TCG for this because she found a nice list of like ones you've never really heard about. And I, let me just put it this way: I skipped an England story for this one. God bless. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I think you've heard of the story though, Janine. I'm sure she has, because I've heard of it. But there's a movie about it. The name, the name didn't ring a bell though. Yeah. Oh, just it's (sighs) all right. Okay. But even if okay, but like okay, let's say I do know the story. I don't know it right now, and I'm gonna. So you're gonna relive it. Excited (laughs) when it does hit me, and then I'm gonna be even more excited to finish listening (laughs) to what she has to say. I love when that happens. Oh man! When it clicks in your head that you know what what it is, just like <laughs> I'm gonna oh, scream. No. She'll probably just be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah!" I'll be like, <gasps> <laughs> "Yeah." Okay, so I'm ready. Gertrude Van Fossen was born in 1929 in Indiana. She was the third of six children. She was a daddy's girl. Her and her father shared an extremely close bond, but it was the exact opposite situation with her mother. Um, In 1940, when Gertrude was 11, she watched her father die from a heart attack. Um, Five years later, at the age of 16, Gertrude dropped out of high school to marry 18-year-old deputy John Banasuski. They had four children, but John wasn't a nice man. He would beat Gertrude often, mostly because she annoyed him. After 10 years of marriage, I know, great, wonderful reason. Um, After 10 years of marriage, the couple finally divorced and Gertrude was given custody of the children. 
Within a year, Gooch, third paragraph in, yeah. Um, <laughs> within a year, Gertrude found a new man. She married Edward Guthrie, but they divorced after three months because he got tired of having her children around. Okay. <laughs> Could have figured that out before marriage, yeah. but. Um, shortly after, John and Gertie reconciled and remarried. Oh, God. Um, After seven years and two more children, they divorced for good in 1963. Is that six altogether? That's six so far. Lord. Um, 37-year-old Gertrude then began an affair with a 23-year-old named Dennis Lee Wright. The two moved in together, but y'all, she had a type, okay? Dennis Lee Wright was also extremely abusive. Um, Gertrude became pregnant with Den- by De- with Dennis. <laughs> I mean, technically, <laughs> yes, because one of her kids was named that. Um, pregnant by Dennis twice, but um, once suffered a miscarriage. Um, so she had one children from him. So all in all, Gertrude had seven children and six mis- miscarriages during this entire time. Okay. Oh, my God. Seven kids. So that's just the background. <laughs> um, She's fucking busy. Yes. Um, after her last child's birth, um, Dennis vanished. So um, she now had to figure out how to support herself and her seven children on spotty child support payments and by performing odd jobs around town. Wait, like she killed him? He disappeared? No, or he like he, he like left. He like left okay. the family. He did not get killed um okay so then gertrude's 17 year old daughter paula became pregnant after a fling with a middle-aged man adding to the amount of support that she had to provide so it was just lots of people clusterfuck no money um her health also started to decline she was chronically ill with just a crazy amount of Everything. illnesses. <laughs> um, she barely ate and her outward appearance started to kind of like look like a skeleton, like her face and stuff. Just, I just kind of like I'm making the visual of this person. Um, Banasuski also began to present herself as Mrs. Wright, claiming that she had in fact married Dennis before he abandoned her, which allowed her to keep the illusion of respectability around town. Like, oh, we were married, we had a kid, and then he left me. So I'm, uh, woe is me. Um, so in July 1965, um, Paula Banasuski, the daughter, met up with her friend Darlene, who introduced her to her neighbors, Sylvia and Jenny Likens. Jenny wore braces because she had polio, um, and Paula took the girls back home to 3850 East New York Street in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, where they drank soda and listened to records. The Likens girl's mother was named Betty and was in county jail after having been arrested for shoplifting. Sylvia, who was 16, was caring for her 15-year-old sister. And it turns out that Betty had abandoned Sylvia's father, Lester, and basically took the girls. um, And um, he, like, had no idea where they were. 
So when um, Paula heard of the girl's situation, she offered to let Sylvia and Jenny spend the night at their house because they didn't really have anywhere to stay um, because their mother was now in prison or in, in jail. So the prison. mom took the kids and then she went to fucking prison? Yeah. Well, jail. It was just, yeah. she'll, she'll be out soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, the, so the dad is looking for them. So the next day, Lester Likens, their father, arrived in town, having tracked down his wife. Um, and he ran into Darlene, um, who was the friend who introduced them to Paula. And mm-hmm. um, she recognized the description Lester gave of his daughters, and she directed the, him to the Banasuski home. When Lester Likens arrived, Banasuski introduced herself as Mrs. Wright. The two struck up a conversation, and over the course of which, um, the idea came up that Gertrude would take Sylvia and Jenny as boarders because Lester had called his wife at the county jail. They reconciled. And they agreed to travel the United States carnival circuit as carnies. And they needed somewhere for their kids to stay. What? Yeah. Who does that? Betty, Betty and Lester. God, no. White people. <laughs> um, <sighs> okay, so they reconciled after she took his kids yes. and basically abandoned them and was like, hey, let's reconcile and then abandon, and abandon them together. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh my god! So that happened. And be fucking carnies. What? So I do not know the story. This is a wild fucking ride. <laughs> the first week, Sylvia and Jenny um, were living at the Banasuski home. Went relatively well. They attended high school. Went out to social functions. Um, went to um, church with Gertrude on Sunday. Like everything was peachy keen. But then. Lester's $20 payment a week. So it was $20 a week. His $20 payment failed to arrive. Mm. And, and then Gertrude, to to arrive. Gertrude lost it. So she started, she screamed at the girls. I take, <gasps> I took care of you two bitches for nothing. Um, before forcing them to lie across the bed with their skirts and underwear around their skirts over their head and underwear around their ankles. Um, while she beat, their asses like literally beat them um oh my god um shortly thereafter lester and betty likens came back into town to check on the girls and neither of them made any reference to the beatings presumably under threat from um gertrude yeah um so it, it doesn't really say whether like the payments continued or how that worked i'm assuming the payments were probably spotty um but that's the least of the issues. Um, How the next you just week, check on your kids and not just take them. I know. The next week, Sylvia and Jenny went through the neighborhood garbage, collecting old Coca-Cola cola bottles to sell in order to get money for candy. When they came home with the candy, Gertrude accused them of stealing. When Sylvia explained oh how they had gotten the candy, Gertrude accused her of lying and made her bend over and beat her with a paddle. Um, oh, it only gets worse. So buckle up, kids. Um, shortly thereafter, the Banasuski children came to Gertrude after a church social and told her that they were disgusted with the amount of food they had seen Sylvia eating. So she was eating too much. And because they're, they're poor, so they were like, oh, she's eating too much. 
And Gertrude told Sylvia that she was angry that, that Sylvia would do something to... She was angry at Sylvia and would do something to ruin her physical appearance. So she forced oh. her to eat a... It says a hot dog piled with condiments. My guess is that it's like a bunch of condiments that don't go well together. And it was a lot. Yeah. Um, because um, Sylvia ended up vomiting. And after she vomited... Um, she made her eat it. She made her eat it. Oh. So, okay. um, soon after, Lester and Betty again came to check on the girls. And Sylvia made no reference to the vomit eating incident to her parents. She's probably fucking terrified that George yeah. is going to fucking murder her. And Which I feel like it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In August 1965, Gertrude overheard Sylvia saying that she once allowed to allowed a boy to fill her feel her up. How dare she? Oh, and please. once again, Gertrude lost it. Um, she yelled at her, saying she was a prostitute, <laughs> and then told everyone else in the house that she was pregnant because she let a boy touch her vagina. Oh, okay, Gertrude. You should know that that's not how you. That's not how any of this works. Any one of your ten children. She then began to beat Sylvia, kicking her in the vagina multiple times. When she had finished, Sylvia went to go sit down, and Gertrude threw her out of the chair and told her that she wasn't fit to sit in chairs. Oh my God. <laughs> From then on, Sylvia was only allowed to sit in a chair if she asked permission. It was around this time that Gertrude began to let her children treat Sylvia more as a thing no. than a person. She was like their toy. They would play quote-unquote games like beating her and throwing her down the stairs. What <sighs> <laughs> fucking... Ugh. I... Uh. All of this, of course, made Sylvia and Jenny angry as well, because her sister's there, too. But um, yeah. throughout this whole thing, I mean, Jenny had polio, um, so she definitely, it, everything was taken out on Sylvia. Um, yeah. So um, they were mad. So after the vagina kicking incident, they started a rumor at school that they had seen Paula and Stephanie, another one of Gertrude's daughters, having sex with boys for money. That will teach Gertie to call them a prostitute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because one of her own kids is doing Oh, that. man. When Stephanie's boyfriend, 15-year-old Coy Hubbard, heard the rumors that the girls started, he went to the Banasuski home and beat Sylvia. <sighs> From then on, with the encouragement of Gertrude, Hubbard would come over and practice his martial arts on Sylvia, just regularly. What? Mm-hmm. This poor fucking girl. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, Join dude. the carnies. I'm I never thought I'd tell anybody you, to do that. But God damn. Um, Gertrude deciding, decided beating Sylvia down physically wasn't enough. Um, so um, she started to try and alienate her from everyone else. Um, she convinced Sylvia's best friend, a 13-year-old named Anna Sisko, that Sylvia had been telling boys at school that Anna's mother was a whore. Um what? 
when Gertrude took Gertrude Anna. Gertrude have the time time to do shit like this. She's I ten don't know. People living in her fucking home. Yeah, well. Um, oh my god. When Gertrude took Anna to see Sylvia, she directed Anna to beat her, but Anna didn't do it. Oh, someone with a fucking conscience. Um, soon after, Gertrude told one of Paula's friends, a girl named Judy Duke, that Sylvia had been spreading rumors about her mother and pitted the girls against each other in a fist fight. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> As my God. As you do with teenagers, right? Um, She's a fucking Karen. <laughs> um, during the fight, Gertrude also instructed Jenny, Jenny, Sylvia's younger sister, to punch Sylvia. When Jenny refused, Gertrude began to beat her in the face with her fist until Jenny finally agreed to punch Sylvia. Okay. <laughs> I still have not heard of this, by the way. I, I haven't heard of any of this. Um, the house next door to the Banasuski home had been vacant for some time, but in August 1965, a couple named Phyllis and Raymond Vermillion um, moved in. So Phyllis noticed all the children that Gertrude was able to take care of and thought that she might make a good babysitter for her two young children. Oh, my God. <laughs> um the Vermillions arranged a barbecue so the families could get to know each other better. And it was during this time that Phyllis noticed that um, during the barbecue, Sylvia would stay away from everyone and that she also had a very large black eye. Um, after noticing this, um, Paula, with no problem at all, announced proudly that she gave her the black eye. And then Gertrude walked up to Sylvia and threw hot water in her face. Oh, my God. Please tell me the neighbors this is are going to do something. The, neither Phyllis or Raymond reported this to the authorities. Okay. They need to... Hmm. Okay. <laughs> A couple months later, Phyllis went to the Banasuski home to borrow something and noticed again Sylvia walking around in a daze. She had a swollen lip and a black eye um, that was actually swollen shut. Um Paula then said, here, let me show you how she got that. And she started to beat Sylvia with a belt right in front of her. And it was never reported. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't. Coming over to someone's fucking house and one of their kids beating the other. Oh, my God. To show off in front of you. No. What the fuck is this? It's horrible. You need to send me that entire list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, one day, Sylvia came home and told Gertrude that she needed a new sweatsuit for gym class. Gertrude told her that they couldn't afford one, so Sylvia stole one from the school. <clears throat> Gertrude noticed Sylvia's new sweatsuit, and after questioning her and questioning her, basically coerced her into confessing that she had stolen it. So Gertrude again lost it. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Um, somehow, even though this was about stealing, Gertrude is back yelling about how she was a prostitute and began to beat her again and kick her in the vagina. That has nothing to do with it, but um, to prevent her from getting pregnant, from obviously. letting people feel her up, obviously. Um, then, to cure Sylvia from wanting to steal, she burned the tips of each of Sylvia's fingers with a lit cigarette. 
She then made Sylvia bend over as she whipped her with a belt. After this, what does that have anything to do with stealing? I don't know. Oh my god! After this incident, it became a thing for the smokers in the house to put out their cigarettes on Sylvia's body as a reminder for her not to steal. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Um, poor Sylvia, just trying to find a way to fend for herself, went out again to sell old soda bottles for money. When she returned home, Gertrude accused her of prostitution. That's like her MO. That's like her thing. Yeah. Um, Banasuski took her into the living room and forced Sylvia to strip naked in front of her sons and several neighborhood boys on the threat of beating her sister, Jenny. Once Sylvia was fully naked, Banasuski handed her a glass Coca-Cola bottle and forced Sylvia to masturbate with it for the boys. What the fuck is wrong with this woman? Lots of things. Oh my God. I told you it was going to make you mad. And we're not even done yet. I'm so upset <laughs> at for so many reasons, but go ahead. After this incident, um, Sylvia became incontinent, so she lost voluntary control over going to the bathroom um and gertrude decided she was no longer fit to live with humans and locked her in the basement there was no toilet so sylvia just went to the bathroom on the floor um and um gertrude seeing this began a bath time regime regimen regime (laughs) sorry (laughs) everybody's taking a bath um regimen um, with Sylvia to cleanse her. The regimen consisted of filling the bathtub with the hottest water possible, binding Sylvia's wrists and ankles, and then dunking her into the water. Um, there was no rhyme or reason to when this cleansing would happen. Um, sometimes it was once a day, sometimes multiple times a day, and sometimes not at all, um, which I kind of feel like is more... is almost scarier than like knowing when it's going to happen. We, we absolutely. Like because you're it's constantly. Like, obviously she's flying off the handle. So yeah. And that's kind of like her outlet. So if she's like, especially yeah. pissed off that day. Hey, you're getting 10 steaming hot fucking yeah. dunks today. Yeah. And then after the baths, she would rub salt all over Sylvia's body. So it was so hot uh. that she would have like burns and then she would have salt rubbed all over her body. So Gertrude decided. Where's the time? Well, I'm glad you say that because Gertrude was like, you know what? I don't have the time and I need a personal assistant to help me deal with Sylvia. And so that's exactly I swear to God, if she makes Jenny what do it. she did. No. Um, so she got the help of 14 year old neighborhood boy, Ricky Hobbs. Why not one of your own fucking kids? Because they were already doing things. You have plenty. Um, Hobbs was an honor student from a middle-class family with no previous legal trouble, and he experienced a sudden shift in personality upon becoming Gertrude's assistant. Um, She followed whatever orders 
or he followed whatever orders she gave him. And crime reporters have speculated that Hobbs was Gertrude's lover and that she had seduced the boy into becoming her henchman. But there's no like proof of that. I need to see what this fucking lady looks like. Honestly, like the picture that I have kind of looks like Lorraine Warren. Mm, But like a more, more like sunken in. I don't know. But um, Gertrude's um, Gertrude's children turned Sylvia into a money-making opportunity, charging neighborhood children a nickel to gawk at the nude Sylvia or, or to push her down the stairs into the basement where she was now kept when not being bathed or put on display. What the fuck? She was kept constantly naked and rarely fed. When she was allowed to eat, it was some in some bizarre fashion. Like Gertrude insisted on her eating soup with her fingers. That doesn't really work. Oh, I I have seen this lady. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Often, Benasuski and her 12-year-old son, John Jr., would make Sylvia, quote-unquote, clean the basement by allowing her to eat her own feces and gave Sylvia a container which she could collect her urine, which she would then make her drink. Now. This is bad. This whole time as I was writing this, I'm like, how is no one saying anything, doing anything? What is happening? This is like literally impossible. And then I got to like this segment. I was like, okay. Um, Jenny would try to contact people for help. She tried to contact her and Sylvia's older sister, Diana, who was married and had a family of her own. Jenny outlined what they were experiencing in the home um, and instructed Diana to contact the police to come rescue them. Diana ignored the letter, believing that Jenny was simply displeased with being punished and that she was making up stories so that she could come live with her. Wow. Also, um, the neighborhood kids, like none of these kids said anything wrong. They did. A 12-year-old named Judy Duke, which if you remember was the one that got into the fist fight with Sylvia originally, Um, went home and told her mother that they were beating and kicking Sylvia. Um, The girl's mother replied that was what happened when someone was punished. Yay, 60s. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Fucking 60s, dude. A reverend, Roy Julian, visited them as part of a program he had set up um, for his parishioners. Um, And while he was there, he and Banasuski drank coffee. She complained to him that Sylvia had been an intense burden on her, claiming that the girl was oh a God. prostitute who had been servicing married men and had gotten pregnant. Although at the time, Paula was the one who was several months pregnant. Gertrude insisted that her daughter was a virgin and that Sylvia was attempting to pass off her own misdeeds onto the pure Paula. <laughs> I <laughs> I can't. Like, I you couldn't make this shit no, up No, you, you can't. Um, Banasuski and the Reverend prayed for Sylvia's salvation before the Reverend oh, left. suck my ass, Reverend. When the Reverend returned again a few weeks later, Paula told the Reverend during prayer that she had hatred in her heart for Sylvia, to which Gertrude interjected that the opposite was true. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, Diana, the sister, came to visit her sisters. Um, but Banasuski refused to allow her into the home at first telling her that Lester had contacted her and instructed her not to allow Diana into the home. Not true. Um, when Diana questioned this, Gertrude threatened to call the police and have her arrested for trespassing. Diana hid nearby the house until she spotted Jenny outside and then approached her. Um, Jenny told her sis- older sister that she was not allowed to talk to her and then ran away. Oh, my God. Um, Concerned, Diana contacted social services. Yay. When a social... Please tell me something happens. Do you want me to tell you that, or do you want me to tell you the story? Oh, God. Um, When a social worker arrived at the home, Gertrude informed her that she had kicked Sylvia out of the house for being physically unclean and a prostitute, and that Sylvia had since run away. Gertrude then managed to get Jenny alone long enough to inform her that if she told the social worker the truth, if she didn't tell the social or if she told the social worker the truth, Jenny would join her sister naked in the basement. Jenny then told the social worker that Sylvia had indeed run away. Oh, my God. The social worker returned to her office where she filed a report stating that no more calls needed to be made to the Banasuski home. I mean, she does look pretty fucking terrifying. Like, she just looks terrifying. Yeah. yeah. On top of all the horrendous things that she's doing. Like, I don't blame them, but fuck, man. I know. Um, on October 20th, Gertrude called the police to come arrest a boy at her home. Robert Bruce Hanlon was a local boy who claimed that the Banasuski children had stolen things from his basement. He had come to the home earlier in the evening, demanding Gertrude return his things. When she refused, he attempted to sneak into the home and take them back. Phyllis Vermillion, neighbor lady, witnessed Hanlon being put into the back of a squad car and approached the police on his behalf as she had earlier overheard the argument between Banasuski and Hanlon over the stolen goods. But during this time, Vermillion made no mention of Sylvia during the conversation with the police. Like, Phyllis, what the fuck are you doing, Phyllis? Like, I can't. Being a fucking Phyllis? That's what she's doing. (laughs) On October 21st, um... Gertrude instructed John Jr., Coy, and Stephanie to bring Sylvia up from the basement and tie her to a bed, telling Sylvia that if she could hold her bladder through the night, she would be permitted to sleep upstairs again. Why is this the test, though? Like, you are. Because she knew that she was going to fail, and that's what she wanted. When Gertrude checked Sylvia the next morning, she discovered she had wet the bed. Gertrude made her dress, then took her into the living area where she was once again forced to perform a strip tease for her sons and the neighborhood boys, again forced to masturbate with a Coca-Cola bottle. Oh my God, this poor girl. When Sylvia was finished, she was allowed to dress again. After a, after a few moments, Gertrude brought Sylvia brought up Sylvia's lies about Paula and Stephanie, which happened like forever ago but she's Mm -hmm. bringing them up again 
and declared, you have branded my daughters, so I will brand you. No. Oh. Sylvia was forcibly stripped naked, tied down, and gagged, while one of the Banasuski children heated a sewing needle with a series of matches. When the needle was orange, Gertrude used it to carve and burn the letter I and part of the letter M into Sylvia's stomach. She then instructed Ricky Hobbs, the neighborhood boy, to continue carving letters to spell out the phrase, I'm a prostitute and proud of it. Oh my, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? Everything. Everything that could like, be wrong truly is wrong. Truly. At one point, Hobbs stopped and asked Gertrude um, to spell prostitute for him. So Gertrude wrote it down on a piece of paper and the carving and burning continued. When the process was finished, the tattoo consisted not only of the actual carving, but also third degree burns left by the heat of the needle. Um, it was so bad that modern plastic surgery wouldn't have even be, been able to correct it. Oh, my God. Satisfied, Gertrude left the room, leaving Sylvia tied, gagged, and naked. At this point, Ricky, Paula, and Gertrude's 10-year-old daughter, Shirley, decided to give Sylvia another tattoo, an S in the middle of her chest, and when questioned about this, the three would later not really remember if the S had meant to stand for Sylvia or for slave, but they're thinking that it's the latter one. Um, Ricky burned the bottom curve of the S into Sylvia, and he either like choked or changed his mind because he then ordered um, Jenny to come over and carve the top half. Although threatened, Jenny refused. Um, so Ricky ordered Shirley to finish that the tattoo. The eleven-year-old um, is eleven, and so she accidentally carved the curve backwards. So it was actually the number three that appeared on her chest instead oh of the S. Um, Gertrude entered the room again and at this point um, addressed Sylvia um, and said, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? You can't get married now. You can't undress in front of anyone. What are you going to do now? Um, after Sylvia was ungagged, um, she replied, I guess there's nothing I can do. It's on there. Um, Hubbard then took Sylvia back to the basement where um, he used her for martial arts practice for a period before turning home. In the middle of the night, Jenny Lycan sneaked into the basement to visit her sister, where Sylvia told her, I'm going to die. I can tell. Yeah, she's going to fucking die. I don't know how she's fucking survived this long. Shortly after Jenny's visit, um, Gertrude randomly went into the basement and brought Sylvia upstairs and allowed her to sleep in one of the beds. She was allowed to sleep until noon of the next day, October 23rd, when Gertrude woke her and Stephanie took her into the bathroom and gave her a warm, soapy bath. After the bath, Gertrude... Now you're showing her fucking mercy. Gertrude and Paula dressed Sylvia and then dictated a letter to her 
intended to look like a runaway letter to her parents. For reasons unknown, Gertrude dictated that Sylvia open the letter, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Likens, even though that was not how a daughter would address their parents. Yeah, because she's fucking mentally unstable. Yeah. The note said, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night, and they said they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could do to make Gertie mad and cause Gertie more money than she's got. I've tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor's bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck with all her kids. Just as so then just as strangely as the insistence on the Mr. and Mrs. um, She also instructed Sylvia not to sign it. Which I'm like, okay. After Sylvia finished the letter, Gertrude began formulating a plan to have John Jr. and Jenny take Sylvia to a nearby garbage dump and leave her there to die. When Sylvia overheard this, she ran for the front door, but her emaciated and mutilated state moved so slowly that Gertrude was able to grab her just as she reached the front door and drag her back into the house. Once Gertrude settled Sylvia down, she took her into the kitchen and made her some toast. Sylvia attempted to eat it, but then said she couldn't swallow. Gertrude took down the curtain rod in the kitchen and beat Sylvia in the mouth with it. Oh, my God. John then took Sylvia into the basement and tied her up while Gertrude prepared a plate of crackers for Sylvia. When she offered the crackers to Sylvia, Sylvia replied, feed it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. Gertrude repeatedly punched Sylvia in the stomach before leaving her in the basement. On the next day, October 24th, Gertrude came into the basement and attempted to bludgeon Sylvia. First, she tried to hit her with a chair, but missed and broke it against a wall. Next, she tried to beat her over the head with a paddle, but swung in such a wide arc that it came back against her own face, blackening her own eye. Good. Good. (laughs) Fuck that bitch. Um, To stop this whole thing, Hubbard stepped in and beat Sylvia unconscious with a broomstick. Over the course of that night and into the morning hours of October 25th, Sylvia beat the basement floor with with the metal part of an iron shovel. So it was just like constantly beating the floor, um, trying to get people's attention. Next door neighbors would later report considering calling the police, but chose not to. Well, thank you for your consideration, assholes. On October 26th, Gertrude voiced her intentions to give Sylvia a warm bath. Stephanie and Ricky brought Sylvia upstairs and laid her in the tub fully closed. Clothed. Closed. (laughs) (laughs) Clothed. They took her out shortly after when they realized she was not breathing. Stephanie gave Sylvia CPR, but by this time, Sylvia was already dead. Banasusi instructed her children to take Sylvia's body to the basement and strip it naked. She then told Hobbs to go to a nearby payphone and call the police. She had no working telephone in in the house. 
When the police arrived, Gertrude gave them the letter she'd made Sylvia dictate in the midst of the commotion. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Punctuation is a thing. <laughs> you guys. I'm like, wait, what? When the police arrived, Gertrude gave them the letter she'd made Sylvia dictate. In the, midst of, in the midst of all the commotion, Jenny Likens whispered to one of the police officers, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Oh this statement, combined with the police's discovery of Sylvia's body in the basement, prompted the officers to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John, Hobbs, and Hubbard for murder. Other neighborhood children present at the time, Mike, Monroe, Randy, Leopard, Duke, and Cisco, were arrested for injury to a person. Gertrude, her children, Hobbs, and Hubbard were held without bail pending their trials. Charges against Cisco, Duke, Monroe, and Lepper were dismissed. Stephanie's lawyer got her a separate trial before it was able to begin um, the district attorney dropped the murder charges for Stephanie. I want to know, like, what the the cops were thinking, like, when they roll up to this fucking house and there's all these fucking people there. Yeah. Like, you just named, like, 10 people that got arrested. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. It's, oh it's my ins- like, the, God. that's, I think that's the part of this that, like, is so crazy to me is the amount of people that were involved and most of them were like fine with it or didn't say anything or just went along with it and I don't know if it's because they're children and that's like how they were raised or because they were afraid or I I don't even know like it's just I'm assuming like the youngest child would have been like the youngest daughter which is 11 and the oldest child the youngest was actually still like almost like an infant like it was still a toddler Okay, but like they're, but that they weren't involved, obviously. But you have to know. I mean, mm, I know. I don't know. I just. But if that's just, all you've known for like the past like few years, like I, I don't know. I, I think guess, I would I hope that someone like that a child. I don't know. It's just crazy. I'm just shocked that of all the people coming in and out of that house, not one of them had enough conscience to like. Mm-hmm say something and the ones that did i can't believe their parents came back with that's what you fucking get like fuck you yeah it's crazy like this whole thing i was just like there is like no fucking way there's just no fucking way but here it is i cannot believe this so meanwhile an autopsy (sighs) of sylvia likens turned up over one (laughs) <laughs> Whoa. There it goes. Um, Easy there. <laughs> oh so the Likens turned up over 100 cigarette burns on her body, in addition to various second and third degree burns, severe bruising, and muscle and nerve damage. In her death throes, Sylvia bit through her lip, nearly severing each of them. <sighs> her vaginal cavity was nearly swollen shut. Although an examination of the canal determined her hymen was still intact. How? Largely discrediting, obviously, Gertrude, um, along with a lack of any ripping or tearing to the rectum. So it's like there's no way that this person was could even remotely be a prostitute based on 
Yeah. What was going on? Um, the official cause of death was brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and shock. <sighs> the case of the state versus of Indiana versus Gertrude Banasuski, John Banasuski, Banasuski, Paula Banasuski, Ricky Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard commenced in May of 1966. The prosecution sought the death penalty for all involved, including John and Hobbs, who were 13 and 14 at the time. Yeah, fuck them. Paula's time in court was interrupted when she was rushed to the hospital to give birth to the child that she and her mother had insisted she wasn't carrying. In a show of solidarity, Paula named the child Gertrude. Mm. Gertrude and the children's cases were exacerbated by the fact that they were being represented by four different attorneys, one for Gertrude, one for Paula, one for Hobbs, and one for Coy and John, all of whom worked against each other and attempted to shift blame against the other defendants, even though they were all being tried together. Gertrude's attorney... Oh, sorry. Hold on. Gertrude's attorney attempted to shift blame onto the children, portraying her as weak, chronically ill, and incapable of preventing or perpetuating any of the abuse. The children's... You could have fucking said something. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. The children's attorneys attempted to shift blame onto Gertrude and the other children. Some of the most damaging testimony against Gertrude was due to her own self-incriminating incrimination she recounted bizarre tales of sylvia likens being a neighborhood prostitute and of her trysts with middle-aged men married men um as well as accusing her of frequently starting fights in the home okay to corroborate gertrude's testimony 11 year old marie was called to the stand initially marie backed up everything her mother had said until during cross examination i almost said cross contamination (laughs) cross examination (laughs) she suddenly screamed god help me before admitting everything she said was a lie and when god bless and went on to recount in graphic blunt detail how her mother and siblings had tortured and murdered sylvia the young girl's shocking turn against her own family was largely largely responsible for the eventual verdict. Gertrude was found guilty of murder in the first degree. To the shock of the citizens of Indianapolis, she did not receive the death penalty, but rather life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Paula Banasuski was convicted of second degree murder. She appealed and was granted a new trial, but before it began... She struck a plea bargain and pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter. She served three years in prison and was paroled. Oh, fuck her. John Banasuski, Hubbard, and Hobbs were each convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 18 months in a juvenile detention facility. By the time the now 17-year-old Hobbs was released, the severity of his crimes had sunk in, and he suffered a nervous breakdown. He began... um, chain smoking heavily um, which had severely decayed his lungs by the time he was 20 by the time he was 21 he was dead of lung cancer well gertrude appealed was granted a new trial and was again found guilty though this time she was sentenced to 18 years to life over the what was it before uh life, life without the possibility of parole. parole oh 
Um, over the course of the next 18 years, Gertrude became a model prisoner. Working, oh, she fucking did. working in the sewing shop and becoming a den mother to younger female inmates. By the time oh, she came up God. for parole in 1985, she had earned the prison nickname Mom. The news of Gertrude's parole hearing sent shockwaves through Indiana. Jenny Likens and her family appeared on television to speak out against Gertrude. The members of two anti-crime groups, um, Protect the Innocent and Society's League Against Molestation, traveled to Indiana to oppose her parole and support the Likens family. And they began um, collecting signatures um, in protest of her being released. And over the course of two months, the group collected 4,500 signatures from the citizens um, that demanded that she be kept behind bars. In spite of all this, Gertrude was granted parole. Shut the fuck up. Nope. During the hearing, she gave the following confession. I'm not sure what role I had in it because I was on drugs. I never really knew her. I take full responsibility of whatever happened to Sylvia. Of whatever happened? You mean you constantly fucking torturing her until she fucking died? Oh my. I. I. No. No. I told you. I warned you in the beginning. Anger. I warned you. I warned you. Um. Banasuski walked out of prison on December 4th, 1985 and traveled to Iowa under the name Nadine Van Fossen. She died there of lung cancer in 1990. Um, and then, so I'm going to get into what happened to the rest of the individuals involved. Um, I hope she died of slow, painful fucking death. Paula Banasuski changed her name to Paula Pace and wasn't heard from again until 2012 when she was discovered living in the small Iowa hamlet of Marshalltown and working for the school system in the neighboring town of Conrad. No, um, she should not be around children. She was the mother of two grown sons and wasn't charged with any additional crimes, but was fired from her job for providing false information on her employee application. Since then, she has slipped off the grid. Stephanie Banasuski um, reportedly changed her name, married, had children, worked as a teacher, and now lives in Florida. Oh, God. Watch out. I know. John Banasuski was 12 when Sylvia died. He became um, the Indiana State Reformatory's youngest inmate, serving just two years before being released. He changed his name to John Blake and worked as a truck driver before becoming a real estate agent and lay minister. Allegedly the only member of the Banasuski clan to show public remorse for his deeds. He made no attempt to hide his past and even spoke about it publicly on occasion. He married and had three children. He died of cancer in 2005 at the age of 52. He once told a reporter that my mom was a very selfish self centered woman and that a harsher sentence for his role would have been more just sounds like he was the smartest um marie banaskuski was 11 when the torture took place no charges are brought against her she because and she had testified um against her family and she reportedly still lives in indiana 
Shirley Banasuski was the youngest of the family to actively participate in Sylvia's torture. Although the 10-year-old heated a needle and was that was used to burn the victim, she was never charged with any crime and her whereabouts are unknown. Because he was only eight at the time, James Banasuski was not arrested or called to testify. Um, although some reports suggested he played a role in the crime, um, of all of the Banasuski children, least is known about him. Dennis Lee Wright was a newborn when Sylvia met her fate. Supposedly, he was placed into foster care and was later adopted by the White family, who changed his name to Danny Lee White. Or Denny Lee White. He died in 2012 in California. Coy Hubbard served only two years before being released. His attorney, Forrest Bauman Jr., remembers running into him in the early 1970s when he stopped at a nearby downtown gas station where Hubbard was working. He was he introduced him to his boss and um, they chatted a little bit, um, but that was the last he had contact with him. Um, Hubbard never changed his name and reportedly remained in Indianapolis area for most of his adult life. He was tried for another murder in 1982, but acquitted. He, oh my God. <laughs> he also reportedly lost his job in 2007 when the movie about Sylvia Likens, the Sylvia, based on the Sylvia Likens case called An American Crime, debuted, and he died in June of that year. Shit. Um, Richard Hobbs served a short sentence and died of cancer in 1972 at age 21. My God, they all died of cancer. Then our sweet Jenny Likens moved on and was married to Leonard Wade. She had a son and a daughter and a grandchild and passed away in 2004 at the age of 54. And she was still living in Indiana. Um. And that is the story of poor, sweet angel Sylvia Likens and what um, Gertrude Banasuski has now been named as the torture mother. So they said Jenny was obviously, because of everything that happened, she was like a nervous wreck all mm -hmm. the way into like the end of her days. Mm -hmm. They said she died of a heart attack. Because of the pizza delivery by driver. Being, by or, being startled mm -hmm. by a knock by the pizza delivery driver. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how, like, nervous, how, like, how much of, like, a unstable she was because of all that. Yeah. Is that literally she died of a heart attack because she was scared by a knock at the door. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. This is probably... <laughs> one of There's the worst stories the I've ever heard. Door. Yeah, I was going to get into all There's the films and There's a movie called books. The Girl Next Door. Um, um, that sorry, that's how I first heard about it. I mean, I've heard, I remember seeing the lady's picture, yeah. but I remember the movie, and that's when I looked at yeah. it. Yeah, and um, so that uh, in 2007, there's a film called An American Crime that was based on it, and it has um, Ellen Page in it. Um, she plays Sylvia, um, and also, like she said, The Girl Next Door, it's loosely based on the murder of Sylvia Likens. Um, and it's also inspired by, um, an 18, a 1989 novel by Jack Ketchum. Um, different books about this, um, are the Indiana torture slaying Sylvia Likens ordeal and death, um, house of evil, the Indi Indiana torture slaying, um, the basement meditations on a human sacrifice, 
um, and then some uh, television and um, investigation discovery channel um, started a documentary upon uh, focusing on the abuse and murder of Sylvia Likens. Um, the documentary is called uh, Deadly Women and or wait, the series is called Deadly w- Women and um, the episode or the episodes that are part of hers are called Born Bad. And that was in. I wish first I would have known about the story last year when I was in Indiana. I might have like oh shit, been able right? To visit like the house, yeah, yeah. Or like I'm sure there's a memorial somewhere for her. Yeah, I know that always, would have been cool to see. Year. I know that. When do you go usually? Um, like in the fall, but this year it's supposed to be in Nashville. If I go, oh. if it's still on, mm. and if I go. Mm. Um, yeah, because I think last year was September, so I don't know if things are going to clear up by then. Yeah, but yeah, it's it was wow a ride. I am so upset, <laughs> and that's how we leave like, you. On- You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a season fucking closer, dude, that was the fucking one. Like, <laughs> I. I'm just upset on like so many levels, obviously, mm-hmm. but wow, that poor girl. Yeah. There's a, a similar um, story and I can't fucking remember the name of the family, but the book's called Mother's Day. Okay. And it's, um, I was going to uh, cover the story because I really, really wanted to, but um, I think one of the girls from my favorite murder ended up covering it in like a live episode so i was like no i'm not going to do it but it's basically the same thing the lady had like four or five kids for whatever reason they picked one to fucking torture like brutally torture they ended up killing her stuffing her in a fucking box and just like leaving her out um but i'm yeah like just shit like that man just doesn't just the amount of people make sense and the amount of people that were involved the gravity of the assault like do you remember um the book a child called it yeah yeah and that too like that and just um we read another book called hard candy it was about this um like like a foster type thing situation okay um it was like a like a door like a dormitory a, i guess no like boys. a um um it, the way i pictured it was like, a like an orphanage hospital type of thing but yeah, yeah like a, like a boy's home. okay um and this one and they just they tortured each other mm-hmm. and other kids knew about it like the um wardens and stuff knew about it and they just let it happen and i just i just don't fucking get it like shit like that really fucking gets to me and wow i know it's i i think that's like obviously what was done to her alone was absolutely horrible but then to hear how many people like it was it seemed like her their house was just open like they weren't hiding anything and i'm yeah. just like and that's because a lot of the part. i mean Thinking back to the girl in the box that I did like a few episodes ago, like they were so secretive about it. And I know like it was yeah. later on, but like I don't, it just it felt like they were just, they didn't care because nobody cared about this poor 
girl. <sighs> there was no one there to love her but her sister who was terrified. Like, it's so And disabled. Sad. Yeah. Like, there's really only so much she can do. Wow. That was a story. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Good job. Thanks, Mom. Fuck. Mama gave me the I torture, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why, like, I always see her photo come up when I'm trying to, like, look for something. Yeah. But because, like... I think because it was so involved, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this one. So I kind of just like skip over it. Yeah, I was like looking but, at it and I was like, OK, well, this has a lot of information. And if if it's going to be done, it's got to be done in one of the hour long ones, because there's no yeah. way that this would have been able to fit in like a regular. Episode. And that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking for it for like a topic. Episode right. And there's no right. Way. Right. So. I, and I had no idea what I was doing this time. Like, up until 4 o'clock yesterday, I still was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I, that, And then no. mom was like, was stop procrastinating. She, she was like, do your homework. Stop procrastinating. And I'm like, fine, mom. And then here we are. That's what That's a mom's great. supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not keep oh my God. them in the basement, even though that wasn't her mom, but. I just don't know why she was so mad. Like. Because she had all those fucking kids, dude. <laughs> that's her. That, that, but like, she did it. And then, like, on top of that, she welcomed them in. Like, she, you know. Well, she saying? was like, going to get money. Sense. I'm just. She just saw dollar signs. That's all she saw. I'm just so. Yeah, that was really good. Wow. I told you. I'm pissed. I'm sorry everybody i'm not even tired anymore i just like my mind is like (laughs) and i i loved it because i was like oh my gosh i need to like figure out where all of these people are if i can like i don't know that was cool that you gave an update on every single and i I mean honestly those ones those updates i could only find up to 2015 so who knows if yeah more of them have passed away i'm not sure um actually if you google um jenny likens like one of like the top things that comes up is actually where her grave is in indiana so um that was interesting um it had on there like who she was and all of that it didn't have any of this stuff but says that you know before her like her mother had passed and um and sylvia of course um so yeah but i i did love seeing that at least even though she was you know scared um that she did move on she did find love she was able to love some children of her own so that was some nicety in this that is crazy horrible time if for whatever i do want to go back to indianapolis just on my own even if i don't have to go to work because they have the bombest breweries um but if i ever end up back there i definitely want to i have the address so visit that that's crazy yeah yeah so there you go. Wow. And and, and with that, season four. And with that, that is, is that. season four. You're welcome. Fuck. <laughs> we did it, y'all. Um, I literally have, like, nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, speechless. I'm so I'm pissed. shocked that like, I haven't so heard so of many. this. Like, 
I don't know. I'm shocked, especially being a woman. It's such a big one. Like it's it. there's I don't it just seems like something you would hear. I don't know. Have yeah, you, have y'all heard of sure. this? Like am I are we just like randomly in the dark on this one? Like maybe it's a thing. I don't know. I would feel I do feel dumb. Like I don't even need to, I just like feel wait, dumb what like what knowing. what credentials do I have to do this podcast anymore? I mean, I didn't have any before, but I definitely don't have any now. (laughs) (laughs) I know, man. Um, Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And Emma's as... Oh, wait. And I just hope you're pissed. I I can't speak. (laughs) I can't talk. Oh, my God. I hope you're mad. I hope you're screaming right now. And with that... You need to be following us on all of our social media because that's when you're going to be able to find out when season five is happening. We don't know. But when we do, you'll know. We don't know anything. I mean, we have a history of the 13s. I'm not giving any hints. I'm just saying that's a thing. So if, if you know what, do our work for us. If you see a 13 coming up, that's a Friday. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know if there's any coming up. I know there are some. I think November is one, but we're. I don't think we're going to wait that long, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for still being excited for us for whatever fucking reason. Um, I appreciate it more than any of you will ever fucking know. (laughs) It's so like, and I'll forget sometimes until it's about every two weeks obviously i go and i upload the new episode and that's when i every two weeks it like hits me in the face again because i look and i see like 1600 people have downloaded this podcast in the last two weeks and i'm just like i'm i'm sorry what like and that's just one episode there are other people who are downloading other episodes within the next within the last month and it's just like the catch-ups that's weird it it is bizarre to see the numbers even though like in the grand scheme of things it we're not obviously not like a big podcast it's big for us and it's insane we thought we would have like maybe two people and it's our parents and that's it like yeah literally so wow (laughs) crazy it's weird man crazy we appreciate Um, you and we love you so stay weird stay fucking sending us weird shit yeah like just because we're not recording doesn't mean we don't want to read about stuff like this or yeah give us episode ideas cases. oh my gosh yeah send your episode sh- ideas no honestly a lot of the episodes from this have been like I recommended all the episodes <laughs> yeah. except for the one that eileen came up with for the last one but yeah every everyone has been um ideas that other people have given us and we bring together or comments um or leftovers from previous seasons that people have told us about so please yeah please please, if there's something we haven't covered that's more so of a topic but also we'll take cases that are interesting and then we can kind of build an episode off of that just everything dude just send us us. all do do all our work for us please thank you please if you want to write one of my episodes for me <laughs> I know. thank you honestly somebody i can't think of her name right now because i didn't even think this was going to come up but somebody messaged us like if you want me to research anything for you like let me know holy and I'm like, crap what 
It's a re- just doing whole episodes. Yeah. You have a there research assistant. Oh my god. I know, man. Um, but yeah, we've met like some super cool people through the podcast, so That's awesome. I'm forever grateful. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, make sure you are following us everywhere. Please, 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 but don't follow us home. Stay ha- stay safe and stay in your own fucking home and 60 feet away, please. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Love you. Goodbye.